The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. So, we are going to take two more weeks here and finish up the book of Galatians. You may remember back long before Christmas came, we were working our way through Galatians, didn't quite finish. We're going to do the end of chapter 5 today, chapter 6 next week, um, as we've just taken a three-week break. So, we need to review a second, okay? Remember the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul, who's known really as a missionary to the Gentiles, had traveled around throughout uh, Asia Minor, throughout what is today Turkey, and he preached the gospel. He told people very clearly that Jesus Christ had died for their sins and that he had completely paid the price and that they needed to repent of their sins and trust in Jesus Christ and that Jesus would give them new life. And they were excited. They were pumped. They got, they got that message. But then some of the folks from the church in Jerusalem decided that they needed to add a little bit to what Paul was saying. And they came around and they traveled around and they said, wait, 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 wait. Gentiles, you can't get saved unless you also become Jews. You got to keep the law. And, uh, and in the book of Galatians, we pick up a passionate tome from the apostle Paul because he didn't want anything added to the gospel because here's what happens. Anytime you add anything to the gospel, you've changed the gospel. It's a different gospel. It's not true because the gospel is Jesus and Jesus alone. Okay? So Paul is passionate about this, and, he, and we found his passion. We saw some things he said personally, and we saw some teaching that he gave doctrinally. He focused on the idea that it is about faith, it is not about works, and that now we are free, free from the law. God has set us free. We're not supposed to use that freedom as an excuse to uh, act out the flesh, but we're to, in love, serve one another. But he said you're free. The emphasis is on grace, not works grace. We don't earn our salvation. You don't add anything to it. It is a gift of God through grace. Okay. Now what we got to look at, we said at the beginning, we said the, the book of Galatians kind of divided into three sections. You got your personal section, you got your doctrinal section, and you got your practical session. Now we're moving into the practical session section. Okay. Here's how you're supposed to live. What then shall I do? How then shall I live? Because all these things are true, uh, is the question. And, uh, and he begins to dig in there. And what he does is he gives us a flat out list of everything that you, that we need to do in Jesus. He said, number one, go, no, that's not in there at all. He hits it totally differently. So let's see how he hits it. I was going to press this and see if the slide would change. It will not. Uh, but if I press the right thing, there we go. Beautiful thing. So here's our first verse. He started off and he said, here's what I'm saying. Walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This right here is called magic moves. Okay. Uh, Marissa loaned us one of these. This is actually mine. I bought this this week, but, uh, but loaned us one of these so we could take it and play with our grandchildren. And last uh, Monday we had a dance off. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Visual, visualize that for a minute here. Uh, Francis and I and the two grandchildren had a dance off. We appointed dad as the judge of who won every dance. The way this works is I got to turn it on for a second. Work it out. Can you hear that? Shake it up, work it out, magic moves all about. But then what it is, it gives you, it gives, shh, shh. Okay, we will, we will. I can't shut her up when I want to, but, uh, but she, uh, 
But what it does is it gives you different instructions. Okay, for example, are you ready for the first one? Prowl like a tiger, okay? And then you are to float like a butterfly. And, uh, and it plays music for a while, and we would compete. Uh, I had, No, we're not doing that right now. Uh, but I, I should mention I won the Grow Like a Plant. You want to, you want to see how I grew like a plant? It was a, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, Francis, Francis won the walk like a rhino. She wasn't real glad that she was awarded that prize. Uh, actually, I think my son-in-law did that to be spiteful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll give that to Gigi. Uh, she walked like a rhino. But, uh, but we played that that game for a while. We had a good time. But you know, it, it was you know again, float like a butterfly. Yeah, and, and we were to float like a cloud and different things like that. I say that because I got thinking about this phrase, walk in the spirit. What's that mean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Walk in the spirit. Well, how do you do that? Uh, let's have a contest. You know, does that mean I kind of float around a little bit? Exactly what does it mean to walk in the spirit? We get a little afraid of this idea and even spect- uh, skeptical of this idea because we think, okay, well, that, what does that mean? Follow your conscience, but it doesn't. See, the conscience is different. We're all born with a conscience, but we don't get the spirit until we are born again. And the conscience, the Bible says this, can be seared and it can change and it can be weak. You find all those adjectives describe- describing a conscience in the Bible, but the spirit of God never changes. And the other reason why people are afraid of the whole idea of walking the Spirit is if you have been around church world for very long, you know that the Spirit of God gets blamed on all types of weird behavior. Well, I just feel led by God. <laughs> and they do. all ty- And sometimes even wicked behavior uh, led by God. And that's never right because the Spirit of God will never lead us contrary to the Word of God. He just never will. Uh, but uh, so we get a little bit afraid of this idea. You know, what do we talk? Is this kind of a weird thing? What, what is this? What, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, with this whole idea of walking in the spirit. So we're going to dig into that a little bit as we continue through our passage. And first of all, he tells us this. He says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the flesh are against, I'm sorry, the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. What he tells us, first of all, is there is going to be a battle in our lives. If we're going to walk in the spirit, we're also going to have to deal with the flesh. That's just very simply, that's where we are. We looked at that back in Galatians 2.20, where it says that with the life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith. And we have that going on. In other words, we are going to continue to struggle sometimes, uh, maybe more often than not in some cases, we're going to struggle with the flesh. We still have these fleshly desires. That is a battle going on over in Romans chapter 8, verse number 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So God, I want to set my mind on the spirit, and I want to live, and I want to walk in the spirit. Now, before we leave verse number 17, I want to highlight one other thing there. It says that this battle sometimes keeps you from doing the things that you, what's the last three words? You want to do. Those are very important words that, that we mention. And it is that idea is I do have this new life in Jesus Christ, and I want to do what's right. Sometimes people will say to me, Pastor, I hate, I keep doing what I don't want to do. Sometimes I wonder if I'm even in a, a Christian, you say I have this new life of God in me. And uh, I keep doing the things I don't want to do. And I'll say this, the fact that you don't want to do those things is a very, very, very good sign. 
okay, because we have this new life. We're still going to struggle with the flesh. But the fact that I can't be comfortable in that, I don't want to do that, I desire to do other things, uh, is a great sign of the new life that Christ is in me because now I want to do what's right. I was asked one time, actually by a counselor, he said, why do you keep doing that? I said, oh, no, I guess I want to. He said, do you really? He said, well, no, I don't want to behave like that. And, uh, and, he said, and he said, well, that's the truth. You want to do what's right. Now, you need to ask God for his power and his strength, and you want to learn to walk in the, in the spirit rather than walking in the flesh. That's where we want to get to. But it is a good news that you want to do what is right, verse number 18 and 19. But, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh, those things that are, that are in us there are evident. Okay, now uh, let's go ahead and look at the list, but I want you to remember that he says these things are evident. He says these things are obviously the works of the flesh, okay? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, just obsession there, idolatry, putting things ahead of God. Sorcery has its root in the word pharmaceuticals. Uh, you can figure out that one. Enmity, strife. Someone says strife today. We don't talk about strife. Put the word drama in there. People love drama. Uh, drama, drama. Uh, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me come back to that for a second. But let me just remember, God says, hey, these things are evident. I was asking AJ this morning, I said, do, do policemen, when they pull you over, still say to you, do you know why I pulled you over? <laughs> has there ever been a question that has received more lot, uh, dishonest answers? <laughs> Do you know why I pulled you over? No, uh, no clue. Didn't know I was going 90, honestly. Uh, but, um, you know, so somebody's going to lie every time with that one. But uh, truth of the matter is we, you, we know most all the time when we're doing something that's wrong. We just do. He said, these things are evident. It's obvious when you're walking in the flesh. This, this is just plain. And, he, you know, he goes on. He says, those that do these things, here's the idea. Again, we've talked about we have this battle between the flesh and the spirit. And there will be times when we stumble into living in the flesh. I heard one pastor use this expression this week I never heard before. He said, ah, I guess I fleshed out on that one. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> kind, of, kind of interesting. That's not use this excuse, but you know, when you misbehave, well, I guess I fleshed out on that one. Uh, but I walked in the flesh on that one, and there will be times when we do that. But when we dwell on that in there, when we stay in there, when we're comfortable in there, living in those things, that's a pretty good evidence that we haven't, uh, we're not part of the kingdom of God. We're not his child. Okay, we might stumble into it, but we're not going to live there. We're not going to stay there. It is obvious these things have nothing to do with God. Now, let's go on. But the fruit of the Spirit is, some of you might know this list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago the, the teens having a session one night where they were asking questions. And they honestly, they ask great questions. We, lo we love that time together with them. Uh, but one of the questions that I, I don't like, and, and if, it's, if this is your question, please, I'm not picking on you because everybody asks this type of question. But one question that came in that, that was on my little list to answer, and I can't even remember what it was, but they said, is, is this a sin? Is such and such a sin? We always ask that question, is this a sin, Pastor? Do you think this is a sin? I always want to say, wrong question, okay? This, when we walk in the Spirit, when we seek to follow Him and His Word, we're not all right, is this a sin, is this not a sin? Honestly, we know. 
We know what is the right way to go. So there's no way that you can, and, and here's one of the main ideas of Galatians. You can't legislate Christianity down to every little detail. You can't come up with enough, enough rules. There's 600 some commandments in the Bible. That's not enough. Okay, we can't live like that. So we are to walk in the spirit. Get it on the inside. There's no way we're going to memorize all 600 rules. And again, that's not enough. Have you ever been in a situation, maybe it's a workplace, maybe it's a school or something like that, where they made a rule for everything, every situation? Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, we need, uh, you, you come up with the stupidest rules. Uh, you know, well, nobody then can do it. They never talk to the individual and deal with the root of the problem. They just make another rule. That's why sometimes these institutions and workplaces, everything like that, have these massive rule books because they don't deal with any individuals. They don't deal with the root of the problem. They just keep adding rules on. That's what we would have as far as Christianity goes if it was about keeping the laws. We would just have rule after rule after rule after rule. Is this the same? Is this not the same? But that's not what it's about. It's about a new life that God gives me, and now I'm commanded to walk in the Spirit. Wait a minute. we got to highlight a word up there. That must mean we need to stop and talk about that for a minute. But the... Okay, now I want to go back a couple slides. Uh, in, right in the middle there, above evident, it says, now the what? Works. Okay, now the works of the flesh. But when it gets to the spirit, it says, now the? Okay, very, okay, you get nothing else, folks. <laughs> Listen for the next few minutes. This is so crucial that we get this. When you start listing these wonderful fruits of the Spirit, these things that we'd want to have as part of our lives, the love, joy, peace, patience, all these things, it would be fitting if I were to preach a series of sermons, eight weeks long, take one a week and go through and say, hey, here's what joy looks like, and here's how we can develop joy. Uh, here's what kindness looks like, and here's how we can develop. What I'm saying is these are things that you can work on developing. However, that's not what the Bible says they really are. What they are is fruit. Okay, so what they come from then is this new life that I have in Christ. So I, I want you to think about the words of Christ in John chapter 15. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he says this very plainly. L listen, if you can kind of imagine Jesus saying this, without me, you can do nothing. You need me and you need to be tied in me. Let, let me show you a verse here in, uh, that you may be familiar with. It's from the very first of the Psalms. And it says this talking about the, the man walking after God uh, that is the good man. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Okay, it's like he's living there, in there with his roots down. We, we looked at a prayer a few weeks ago uh, in Ephesians where Paul prayed, uh, and he says, I pray that you'll get your roots down deep, that you'll dig into who Jesus is and that you'll really know him, you'll understand his love. That's the Christian life. Okay, I've said this before. If the Christian life is limited to a bunch of rules, I don't want anything to do with it, and it's not going to help us. Throw it out. The Christian life is about understanding that God gives us his spirit and living this life and learning to walk more and more controlled by him. Now, let me say again, we got this battle going on, right? He told us that very plainly. We still have the flesh. We still have the spirit. But more and more, we grow into an understanding of what this looks like. I get my roots down in Jesus. Um, yeah, let me do. When uh, when I was in uh, junior 
junior high. I don't know where I was. I was in school. I was in high school. Yeah, I was in high school. I went to this real little dinky little school my last year. I've told you about it before. I was the only graduate, valedictorian, all that. My same jokes I use all, all the time. Uh, but uh, but we, it was an interesting little place. We had about 40 kids. Uh, I sat beside a fourth grader. <laughs> we all worked at our own little thing, kind of uh, like that. I could beat him up too. But anyway, the uh, but we had a teacher. His name was Ralph Anderson. And it was this kind of a hilarious little setup because a bunch of little white kids. And Ralph Anderson was a six foot six, probably 300 pound black guy. And he was great. I, I, I still remember him. In fact, I still remember the sermon that he preached. I remember him standing up one day and saying, Folks, you need to get a grip on the Word of God. He said you need to have a five-finger grip on the Word of God. And he said one of those fingers is uh, that you hear it preached, and then you read it, and then you study it, and then you meditate it on it, and then you memorize it. And he said get those five things and get a grip on the Word of God. Okay, so he's standing there with the little kids, and he'd walk around, and he'd say, okay, let's say you get a grip on the Word of God with just two fingers. Would you do me a favor for a second? See if you can pull that out of my hand. Yep. Pull hard, pull hard. You got it, okay? Let's say I get three fingers on it. Three fingers, okay? Three fingers, pull. Okay, not that great a grip. Let's say I get four. I can still see Ralph doing this. I got four fingers on it, and see if you could just take it. Go ahead and tell you. I got four, four fingers. No, no, pull hard. You almost had it. You got it. All right, there you go. And then he said, now, I'm not going to do this one because my grip strength isn't very big, and it's going to be embarrassing if I lose it. But Ralph would grab this thing with all five fingers. <laughs> Little kid. I got it. Uh, but Ralph would grab this thing, and he'd hold it, and he could get a kid hanging on that and swing him around. Uh, you know, like, look at that. You can't get that out of my hand. I got this incredible grip on the Word of God with all five fingers. Now, my life, uh, reading the Bible, I've done, you know, I've read the Bible most of my life. I have had to a lot of cases. I have that advantage of my job. Uh, I make sure it's studying it. For sure, I have that advantage that I'm required to do that. Hearing it, honestly, I, I, this is not bragging. This is where my life has gone. I've heard so many sermons. I mean, I went to, you know, three years of Christian day school and five years of Bible college, and they preached at chapel every stinking, I mean, every single day, not stinking day. Uh, and, you know, I've heard so many sermons. I've heard it preached. I've read it. I've even, and though I cannot do this very well at, at my current age, I've even memorized quite a bit of it. One thing that I've always kind of shied away from, you know which one I'm missing in there? Meditate. Because it seemed creepy to me. You know, and none of that, when my hip was messed up, I couldn't sit like that, you know. Ooh, uh, Dale, uh, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. But all, I always had that weird idea, you know, what, what is meditation? That is just kind of creepy in this idea of digging deep into the Word of God and meditating and getting to a higher place. It creeped me out a little bit. Okay, I want to do everything that I can today to say, Let's, let's lose that. Let's lose that fear of going deep into the Word of God. We want to dwell, get our roots down in Him that we can have this life. Okay, we want to dig deep. We want to understand that He is the vine. We are the branches. We have to be connected to Him, folks. Okay, and we want to dig into that. What we did earlier in the service with Psalm 23, that's meditation. Remember that? Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Dear God, if I have you, I have everything I need. 
you prepare, I'm jumping, but you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. God, I know there will be difficult times ahead, but even in that, I'm going to feast, Lord. And that's what I want for this year. That's what I want for my life. Even in the, in the midst of difficulty, I still want to feast on you. I want to know you, and I want to love you. Okay, that, that's where I want to have. But if we, <laughs> I'll get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I break up the whole meditation theme there for a second. But I, I realize when I say that, that uh, honestly, I, I know that. Like I said, I'm a little bit, I remember, you know, the, there was a thing way back. Some of you have to be as old as I am to remember this, the deeper life movement. And uh, it got weird. It really did. You know, so I remember thinking, oh, the deeper life, that's just strange. That's weird and everything like that. But if there's one great passion that God has laid upon my heart as far as shepherding this congregation and the people who hear me preach, I want to shepherd you in the direction of learning to dwell deep in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? And you know how that ties into what we do here today? I, like I said, I don't want it to be a TED Talk. I don't want to come in so I can share a little tidbit with you. I want you to come and really worship the King of Kings and spend time with him and draw on his strength. Man, that's what we got to do. Folks, we're in a battle. We really are. We need that strength. We need to dwell uh, on him. Let me go ahead back to our text in, uh, in Galatians he says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh and the desires with it, passions, uh, the passions and desires with it. You might remember again, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ lives in me. In uh, Romans again, it says, so you also must consider yourselves to be what? Dead to sin, alive to God in Jesus Christ. We are buried with him. Okay, well, what is this talking about, this idea of I am crucified or I am dead or anything like that? I want you to remember again this word back in Galatians 2.20 and any time that it talks about us being crucified, it's in what they call the progressive tense in Greek, but it is that idea that this is a continuing process, that daily I want to lay down and surrender. And, and I want us to, to really work to develop habits like this. I get up in the morning and I say, God, I really need you today. Here's some things going on in my day. Can't do it without you. I need you. Okay. I, and and I'm, not, I'm not preaching now. I'm just talking, honestly, is that where we are? I don't think we are. We're so busy with life. I mean, I've come in here on Sunday mornings to preach the, the gospel, and I, it's kind of like I'm standing over there, and I realize I've been running around for four hours. I never stopped and said, God, I can't do this without you. And that's how we live our lives a lot of times. We're trying to raise kids, uh, have marriages to thrive and survive. Uh, we're trying to share the gospel with uh, other people, and we're trying to do it all in the energy of the flesh. And God says, that's not how I designed this to be. I want you to learn to dwell in me. I want you to ask me to help you lie down beside still waters or, or in the green pasture and besides still waters and get your roots down. And I want you to flourish like that. This is the life I want for you. And it's going to be a daily process of saying, God, I want this old flesh crucified. I want it to die and I want to, to live in you. The last verse in chapter 5 of Galatians, I almost left out of this sermon because I, when I first read it, I thought, I wonder if they got this in the wrong chapter. You, you know that uh, divisions aren't inspired. I thought, yeah, maybe that, this belongs in chapter 6. When I first read it, I thought it did. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm not on the last verse, yes. But if we live by the Spirit, let us 
There's, there's a cool phrase right there, isn't it? Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, think about what that would mean. It's not creepy. It means I get up and I say, Lord, I want to follow you today. And, and listen, listen, we're normal. We're going to have to reorient, learn to reorient ourselves to that over and over again throughout the day. It's not like you're going to have one minute like that in the morning and then 10 minutes later, you're not going to forget about it. But as we grow in this, as we mature in this, it becomes more and more our second nature. And that flesh is more and more dead. And that spirit life in us is more and more alive. It takes some time. It is a process. But we want to get into that and we want to learn more and more step by step. Follow Jesus. When I isn't that awesome? You know, just to think about, hey, this is where we want to be more and more growing in this in 2024. And this is the verse I said I wasn't sure even belonged in there. He says, let us not prov- uh, become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. And I thought, okay, how does that exactly fit in? But, you know, here, here, here's the thing I thought was awesome. I, I looked at it, and in the Greek, it does fit in. It's part of the same paragraph. He's, he's talking about the same thing. And he says, okay, with all this, don't become conceited. Uh, it's all about uh, one another. Okay, you don't want to be doing these things to one another. It's all about kind of this life we're in together. Don't become conceited, provoking other people and everything like that. And I thought how wonderful this is because one of the things it totally takes out of the picture is comparison. I love that. My relationship to Jesus Christ is separate from everybody else's, and I'm not in a contest, okay? Some of you I could beat. (laughs) Some of you I'd get killed, and that's okay. But I want to be growing and walking and and following him. Uh, And, yes, hey, there's some of us have have patterns in our flesh that are ingrained in us, and they're gonna, and it's gonna take a while. We're gonna, we're gonna go back to some of those patterns like that. You're not gonna, you know, pray a prayer in church and whoo! Uh, now I'll never sin again. Okay, James says if we say we're not without sin, we're liars. Uh, you know, like that. So let's let's realize that. But what God is calling you, and put yourself in there, would you? See yourself in there. God is calling me to a closeness and a walk with Him. And that's what I want. That's what I want. Well, is this a sin or not a sin? Don't, honestly, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't have to worry about it. What I want to worry about it close. Those other things work themselves out as I begin to follow him and his spirit and his truth and his word. And that's how the Christian life is designed to work, that I walk in the spirit. So the apostle Paul says, okay, you need to understand this. This new life, it's not about works. It's about faith. Well, what's that look like, Paul? How then shall I live? Here's what you do. You walk in the spirit step by step. Now understand, hey, you still got this flesh. And there's going to be times when you think, oh, I'm doing things I don't want to be doing again. I get that. But God has given you this new life and this new spirit. And I want to make sure that the way I'm living is flowing out of the, listen, hopefully this doesn't sound weird. The way I'm living is flowing out of the roots that I have in my relationship to Jesus Christ. It's not about works. It's about fruit coming out because I am dwelling personally in him. Now, as I said, very, very, very passionate about this, folks. I don't want us to go through the motions in anything we do here. Um, and um, 
I, we deliberately wanted to have communion today while the kids were in here uh, for an opportunity for them to witness communion and just, just be aware of that. The decision on partaking is a parental decision. So uh, I want you to know, know that if, if they're going to take the elements. But, uh, but folks, <laughs> and this is what I said before, I, I don't want to get weird with communion, you know. Ooh, you know, uh, let's, uh, let's all, you know, again, walk in the spirit. What's that mean? Uh, like that. But I so much want this to be an opportunity to worship him, okay? I hope somewhere in this whole process, as you look at a cracker that represents a, a, a Savior's body that was broken for you, I hope somewhere <laughs> you don't do that. Uh, and I hope that somewhere you, you stop and you say, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I can't believe you did this for me. I can't believe that God came down to earth <laughs> Was it in human flesh? That's what this represents. I can't believe that. I cannot believe it. God, you love me that much. I hope that somewhere over the next few minutes you can look at the cup and say, and you died for me, Lord. I can't believe that. I love you, Jesus. I love you so much for that. So what we're going to do in a second, uh, I'm going to set this up here so that uh, we can form a couple of lines coming up here and picking up the elements. We have a cup um, to represent the blood of Christ, and we have a cracker to represent, represent the body of Christ, and we'll all take those together in a few minutes so you can just pick them up and return to your seat. But folks, didn't come to say we went to church today, okay? We came to worship. Let us do that. Uh, even as we take communion and as we get ready to close on this day. Father, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just going to pray that, Lord. I, I love you. I know I'm surrounded by people who love you. We know you. We want to live for you. Um, we want to get this idea of walking in the Spirit and, and learn to do that, walk with you each day. We, we, we want to know what that's like to be living by the, by the water, planet, a tree that's planted there and has the roots down deep and just flourishing because we know you. And, Lord, I pray that this would be in a, uh, what you would impress upon our hearts this day. And, Father, now, now we look to the only way that we can know you, the only way that we can know eternal life is because Christ paid the price for our sins. We love you, Jesus, for that too. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.